0: We are back, episode 37, Kyle Bailey, Roman Harper. The 37th episode, again, uh, prompts a conversation about the greatest 37s of all time.
1: Roman Harper, what's up, buddy? What's good, bro? Um, Kyle, I went last time, so I want to hear your 37 first this time. I also, yeah. we have a special guest here. All right,
0: we do this, then we knock. These are the pleasantries, these are the traditions, then we get to our esteemed guest, right? That's how we got a roll let's here. Let's do it, let's do it. Let's then do it, so, I
1: want him to have a 37 number in his head. Too. So
0: the best number 37, the 2004 Defensive Player of the Year,
1: metal World Peace, LA Lakers. So, I did that to pander to you just a little bit. You know what? I I love Meta. Um, I also recognize Meta's like fifteen, and some <laughs> other numbers too. But it, you know, he is great. You on Derek
0: Fisher in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah, man, exactly right. It starts to get out there. I, I got I got a couple. So the first one that comes to mind from Throwback is a shout out to cornerback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Carnell Lake. Oh, okay. big fan of his. Growing up, uh, watching him uh, play ball. Then the greatest player that I think is number thirty-seven is Sean Alexander, running back. Seattle out of the Seahawks. University uh-huh. of Alabama, tide. Tide. also for the Seattle Seahawks, where he put up big numbers. I believe it was the NFL MVP one year. Yep. And so great job for him. Shout out to him. But I got to go close to my heart as well. Uh, shout out to Steve Gleason. He also wore number 37 with the Northern Saints.
0: Didn't Deion wear 37 somewhere?
1: Did Dion, uh, Was he 39? Because he was 39. Which one was it? It was 39 uh, or 37 because he wore his age, I think it was
0: 37. Oh, yeah. No, he wore 37 with the, uh, the Ravens. Yeah, with the Ravens. With <laughs> the Ravens. There we go. Yeah, That's what there we okay. go. See, I pulled one. Now, so we got one. I got one. You got one. Let's introduce our guest, Tim Lewis. Uh, I'm going to let him introduce himself because he has a very impressive background. But also, Tim Lewis, hello. Do you have a number 37 for us?
2: Well, I didn't know we were going to do a number 37. Yeah, we didn't give him the homework but, assignment. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we messed was, up on that. I was thinking about Sean Alexander just because it's That's uh, a good Alabama one. ties and things of that nature. Then the Roman just had to throw out about five on the 37, <laughs> so he kind of took a couple. Mind. But okay. <laughs> so I, w- I would go with Sean Alexander because that was the first time that I saw a running back at Alabama that truly was that dominant. You know what I mean? What he was doing at that time it was just great as a kid, just to be able to watch him. So I got to roll with him.
1: Awesome. And 37 is a terrible looking number. Like yeah. you gotta be a baller to carry that number. Oh, it's yeah. not a pretty. It's
0: number. not a pretty number. You're it's right two about that. big
1: numbers. Yeah, I, I would agree with three that. and a seven. is So big.
0: Tim, Roman has been talking about you for a long time. He's like, whenever we get Tim in town, we got to get him on a, on a podcast episode. And I'm like, all right, cool. So. I've been looking forward to this conversation. You and I finally get to meet, man. What, so the people out there, who are you? What do they need to know oh, about you?
1: Oh, hold on. Now. Can, I, can Let me Uh-oh. start this off, and okay. then I'll let him kind of describe you sure you himself. You want to let him do too. that? Of course. So <laughs> Tim and I are best friends. We grew up together. We met in first grade. He sat behind me in class, and that's when we became friends. You know, quick story, the word was island. You know they have the spelling words up there. The word was island. Yep. I, I bet him that it was island, like duh, makes sense, is, land. <laughs> I got it. Knock it out the park. My boy Tim's just sitting here confidently. I throw my hand up there and he's like, and then uh I got the course I was wrong. He's like, dude, it's Island. And I was like, and he was right. I was wrong. And we've been best buds ever since. And he knew that's it from awesome. Gilligan's Island, yeah. watching Gilligan's Island every morning.
2: That's the only reason I knew it. I like but, this guy. <laughs> like but like that's why guy. that's why he's so he's <laughs> one of the
1: smartest human beings I know. He man, it's just crazy to how how many of our friends we've all grown up? We're older now. We're all been and done some some successful things. We got guys that are all kinds of uh, successful human beings. And this guy Tim was been a coach. He's been uh, he worked for the NCAA. He's now he's doing some financial planning. He's done he's worked in the administrative side with like uh, with the healthcare yep. and uh, doctors and and hospitals at the highest levels as well. He's also been in meetings room with the Olympic Committee that plan for China in 2020 so he was in that you know in a room or two with those guys in 2018 so we this guy has been around so many people he's the greatest one of the greatest connectors that I know and I'm just trying to Learn from this guy, you know, he, I just had, and he has so way too many degrees. All right,
2: go Tim, welcome yeah, I, to the I world. Really, I really can't yeah. add anything else to that. Nice, I mean? so that's uh, a hell of an introduction. So, no, I appreciate it. No, well, you it, can tell it, us some yeah. of your degrees, cause I know it's <laughs> yeah. a lot, but anyway. Yeah, so back to Roman's point though, former student athlete, so played college basketball, They would have lived that dream uh, at Jacksonville State, coached Alabama for a year. A he was my shooting guard yeah. in high school. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Did, did some junior college coaching, got masters in MBA <laughs> from Alabama. Then I did some some strategy work at the healthcare system, uh, UAB in Birmingham. Okay. So that was probably one of the more impactful jobs because it makes you think really futuristic. I was going to say the healthcare industry
0: is <laughs> on the cutting edge of a lot of stuff.
2: Yeah, it makes you think really futuristic, even though it's slow. Yeah. But you gotta think forward, and so it was really hard for me at times to be in other places that when people are not thinking forward, because I was trained that way. Right. right? So left there and went to the NCAA. And this is where Roman and I have a lot of conversations. Went to the NCAA in 2015. Um, Role was very educational, you know, when it comes to, like, being a liaison to not only, like, college coaches, athletic departments, but working with professional teams or leagues, working with Nike, Under Armour, Adidas in the youth space. Um, You you saw so much stuff at, like, a 40,000-foot level. So you knew what was going on all around the country. Right. And with me having being a former coach and a former athlete, I was able to relate with those guys still. So I got all the dirt. I got everything that was going on around the country. (laughs) But also I had built so many great relationships. Bag alert. Yeah. I just want to make sure the kids can get to school. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. education, Finished my doctorate there. Yeah. I have studied abroad, you know, done some stuff. We met Tokyo Olympics people. We talked about
0: that. Well, I'm interested about that because
2: yeah. the, like, we can talk about the NCAA, obviously. Yeah, yeah. We
0: do, but I don't, it's very, I think, uncommon to find somebody who has that kind of experience. What was that like and what was your role in
2: that? Oh, it was cool. It was, um, I was doing my doctorate um, at East Tennessee State when I finished that. And we did a study abroad trip, uh, me and classmates. It's about you know probably like 12, 13 of us um, in my, my cohort. And we had a chance to really sit down and meet with um, the planning committees mm-hmm. over in, in Tokyo. Uh, in 2018 when they were you know planning for the olympics obviously pre-covid but yeah it was pretty interesting because you know we were able to bring a lot of our experiences you know from being an administrator coach or player and like sit down with these people and like really look at their planning but also offer suggestions you know like how you know how can you do this better or um more efficient yeah it was pretty cool it's well pretty see cool I it, see that stuff behind the scenes yeah but, I, I think but it's it, like
0: you, you got a, I'm sorry you got a country right now that like most of the people there don't want it right like they <laughs> they voted against it they did not want this to happen for COVID reasons which yeah, yeah, make yeah, a lot of sense yeah. you know but also I think a lot of people don't know too that like the IOC and FIFA are both headquartered next door to each other basically in Zurich Switzerland, Switzerland. right yeah there's a, re- there's, there's a reason for that you know that a lot of people don't consider so like Over the years, the IOC's kind of gotten a worse reputation in some ways, just in terms of host countries, who they pick, why they pick them, the planning, you know, who gets affected by it, that sort of thing. So, like, you know, but the athletic side of it, I bet is extremely cool just to see how all of that goes down.
2: Oh, it it is so cool. And then, too, when when you're in some of these countries and you realize the amount of training and money and resources people put into their athletes to try to, like, win gold or to to be a, it's unbelievable. I mean, you go to some of these, Asia and different places like that, and they're trying to figure out how to catch up, you know, to, you know, Americans in some sports, right? Um, And how are you going to be the number one, you know, gold-meddling, like, country i mean right. it's a lot of it's cool it's really cool to see the yeah. i think it was the weightlifter from the philippines the
0: female weightlifter she they gave that. her two houses and i think seven hundred thousand dollars for winning the country's first ever gold medal <laughs> right and that's crazy like that's a government incentive. Yeah. Like, we will give you two not one two houses yeah. and seven hundred thousand dollars just go win a gold medal but i mean you're yeah. right i mean these other countries especially heavily incentivize these cow
1: i i learned something else from tim um uh, was that the 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 effects of what the Dream Team had in Barcelona when it comes to tourism. Because now you know all these countries that put up these Olympics, that have the Olympics, mm-hmm. they have at times struggled holding up the facilities and doing what do you do with it once the Olympics leaves? How do you, how do you get people to live in these dorms or what, all these things that you've built out structurally and, like, you leave them, and the, the, the country's kind of torn or kind of, like, oh, yeah. perverse after well, when the I, I,
0: when I went down to Rio in 2014, before mm. the World Cup, I mean, they were, um, there's an American named Teresa Williamson, and she runs a nonprofit, um, but also she's, you know, doing activist journalism down there. About the raising of communities. I mean, they tore down entire communities to build infrastructure for the Olympics, and Rio did that for like fifteen straight years because they had the Olympics and the World Cup, mm-hmm. and before mm-hmm. that, they had the Paralympics and um, you know every manner of massive soccer tournament you could think of. So that's kind of what they did as a strategy for their urban planning of the city. But a whole lot of people got fucked in the process. Pardon my language. Yeah. You know, but like it's uh, like I said, there are two sides to it, mm-hmm. because that side of it is like it's you're completely within your bounds to criticize that and be mm-hmm. very kind of mortified by that but the athletic side of it which is what he's talking about i know you know it's fascinating because it takes a great deal of planning and logistics and it does. you know to get this done like i was looking at the uh, the underwater cameras and the swimming events the other night <laughs> i mean think about that what water polo is D- dangerous th- dude. Th- the technology is insane down there at the bottom mm-hmm. of that pool it's so good man so yeah the olympics have you watched as much of them this go round? because the, the ratings are down bad yeah
2: i haven't as much I, and i think you know I don't know if they've done the best job of letting us know when events are live or how we can watch it. I mean, I think people are kind of just tuning in whenever you can. I agree. That's how I've been. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I don't think, you know, this time around, I don't know if it's because of lack of fans or whatever, you know, we've got COVID stuff going on. So yeah, the time, the time difference is is different. You know, like Like I heard about,
1: yeah, I heard about Xander Schauffele winning the, winning the golf tournament today when I first woke up, because that's when it happened. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And you know, but then I had to watch it like 35 minutes ago. <laughs> right. So, <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> right. it's right. also, you have that type right. of effect as well going on with these Olympics for us in America. Yeah, and
0: then there's nobody in the arenas, nobody yes. in the stadiums. Well, right, so right, 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 right. It's depressing. Like, I hate to put it that because, like, these people are, it's oh, a life's goal. Look at my man from China ooh, running. Man, he's cooking too. Oh, yeah. He was, he's was got he out. He was cooking too. Did the American win that? He did, didn't
2: he? Uh, I think he's at the.
0: Oh, he closed pretty strong. Let's see what he's got here. Maybe, 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 maybe. Oh, oh that's happened. tough. That's tough. That's, oh, man. How about that? Anyway, the, I, I think the Olympics have been pretty good. I the, have, too. I've I, enjoyed I, I've, I've enjoyed always enjoyed the Summer Olympics. I, so. I hope Team USA can finish it out because that's been a disappointment. But they did bounce back, so I think, the, I think they're going to be okay. They should still win gold. Anyway, so, you know, we got the Olympics going on. Um, I, I know you want to talk about the NCAA. Hell, I won't. I always want to talk about conference realignment because <laughs> I think it's the most interesting thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Because any million things could happen in conference realignment. What, did, how shocked were you about Texas-Oklahoma?
2: None. That's what, what I thought. About. I figured you'd say. Um, <laughs> it is a. And Roman and I have this conversation, you know, a lot here recently. You know, when they broke that, what, maybe a Tuesday, Roman, Wednesday, when you were, at, you were yeah. working right here? Yeah, working? I, was on, uh, I was on TV. When they broke that, I was like, oh, it's some, this is real. Yeah. You know, that is not a rumor. And within a week, they're out of the Big 12 and they've already agreed to be in the SEC. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> it's just... Uh-uh, uh, a unanimous vote, Kyle.
1: Yeah. Oh, I, that's Kyle. crazy. <laughs> the <laughs> unanimous vote takes it even more, even deeper. In that, this was Tim and I, we talked He He puts it on the table for me. And I just, he's able to draw a picture and make it seem so good. And that is, when it's unanimous like that, it ain't got nothing to do with rivalries. It ain't got to do, nothing to do with that head coach. It ain't got nothing to do with who, all Why your do you feelings. Think
0: Texas is comfortable taking more L's? Because they're about to get paid. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Texas isn't going to – I mean, Sark might be the answer. I don't know. But, like, Texas isn't going to win any more games going to the SEC, but they're going to make a <laughs> hell of a lot more money.
2: Yeah. And the thing that you're doing, too, and I told Roman what you're doing, is you're future-proofing yourself. Yeah. Because now, you know, let's be honest. I mean, you got some really, really great programs in the SEC – um, you know Alabama and Georgia, I about mean, just football right now, right? We know that nobody's dominant for 30, 40, 50 straight years. Right. So what's, you know, when there is the opportunity for another team to come up, well you can look in your conference and say if Alabama slips a little bit, if Nick Saban retires or something whatever and they slip a little bit to 10 and 2, well you still got Texas, you got Oklahoma, you got you got enough firepower that somebody's going to always be in the conversation. Oh yeah for a national championship in all sports, though. But what if this becomes – In all sports.
0: But what if they're the only conversation at some point? You know what I mean? Like, is this a world domination plot? Like, or do they still want to be a part of a larger college football world? That's my question.
2: I I don't think it's a world domination. Well, let me take that back. I do think it is we're going to have the best conference. Yeah. In in their mentality, right? However, though, because there's so many other teams, and, and the world does like the David and Goliath story. For sure. So you're still going to have really good football programs in other conferences, um, you know. You're not as top to bottom hit, that you'll see in the SEC, but you'll still have a you know the USC's, the Ohio State's, the you got enough out there to be able to compete and, and still win championships. I think this conference, though, top to bottom in all sports, is separating itself. But I don't think it's just going to be isolated because they're going to need the rest of the country
1: too. Tim brought up a, we were talking. You only get 25 scholarships, Kyle. Yeah. It don't matter. So, the playing field, it's only so, like, just because Alabama, you know, they're only getting so many players. It's high school players everywhere. You should have to be able to develop, coach, Mm -hmm. and give it out there. I I don't think, just because the SEC, it's all about the money, the money, the money. That's all I'm saying. The money's Mm going to be bigger. The TV contract's going to be bigger. Oh, yeah. It's going to dwarf everybody. I think Sankey has done that. This is something legendary, this power move that they pulled off. And – we witnessed it. It's Now I think other conferences will have to start to do something. Mm-hmm. You know, the Pac-12 has their own deal, you know, educational things that can possibly hold them back. The ACC, the ACC may need to make – I think they need to make a play. The Big 12 is done. And the Big 10 – the, the Big 10 is the only one I don't think that has to
2: do anything. Yeah, you, you got to think about it too, like, like you were saying. Like it's – you only can get 25 kids you know, when it comes to football, in football, right, in basketball, you know, means basketball, you got 13. So you naturally have limits. Like, so it's different if the rosters, you know, where you could get 40, 50 kids, and you can just, like, get everybody into the conference. So when I say that, you're still going to have really good teams in other leagues. They may not be as deep as the SEC, but they're going to produce some really good USC teams. USC has marketing dollars. Start offering these kids for real. Like, stop playing yeah,
1: and do yeah. what you need to do. Why, if Bryce what young- does the
0: ACC do?
1: That's I, I've
0: got like seven different scenarios in my head. But here's the thing. They don't need to add somebody just to add somebody. No, no. one needs to do that. No. It's got to be a school that moves the needle. It's got to be a school that actually brings a net positive and revenue that, that justifies a split going up for everybody else, right? So who is that school out there? Well, it's, you know, can you convince Notre Dame? I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can't. I'm not sure. Maybe we'll, we'll see how the rest of it shakes out. but. If it's a 16th team, who do you want? Like, West Virginia's got a passionate fan base, but there's like 1.9 million people in the whole state. So, I mean, what do you do with that? So, what does the ACC do, in your opinion?
2: Yeah, it's going to be interesting because the ACC traditionally has been really good in basketball. Right. Right. And so, we look at that conference, and I think the other big piece, I think we're focusing on football, because football does bring in a lot of money, but if you're the ACC, you've been really strong basketball-wise, right? You're talking about North Carolina, you talk about Duke, you're talking about, you know... Florida State's really good. Florida State's really good, right? You got, you know, what Louisville's in there, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, think about that. So, the question is, do you want to chase football dominance, or do you want to be good in something else, like basketball, right? I mean, which, the more teams you get in the tournament, the more money your conference brings in with units, right? And so, the ACC is well-positioned in basketball, to be really good for like a long period of time, so I think you just got to really think about what I is I think, it. What I think is basketball's it?
0: Basketball's getting less valuable. I mean, I, I think I think valuables get. I think basketball. I talked to Dan Hurley yesterday about, or two days ago, the head coach at UConn. Uh, I had the head coach at UConn on Friday, and I said, uh, toward the, he came on to talk about James Booknight, who the Hornets just drafted, and I asked him, I said, uh, what do you think about all this realignment stuff? And the first words out of his mouth, this guy's quotable as hell. He says, uh, I'm just thrilled that we got out of the AAC. And then he said, and if I was a head coach at one of these power five schools right now, he said, I'd be nervous about which conference I'm telling my recruits they're going to be playing in because basketball is so secondary in all these discussions right now. Everybody's doing everything about football. And I think people are looking maybe at the NBA and seeing a G League that, that is growing and seeing a couple of guys like uh, Jalen Johnson and like Jonathan Kaminga and two or three others the other night who got drafted out of that G League elite thing and said, this might work. You know, and I still think college basketball can exist in a meaningful way, but the NBA's already start you know, taking some market share out of college basketball. So how much more do they get? But football,
2: nobody's been able to do that yet. I, 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 I would hold a pause on that, though, because of the March Madness deal.
0: Right, and it's, and it's, it's a good point. It's a, it's a, a mean, huge money. That, that's,
2: that's a lot of money. Like, <laughs> you know, in that March, and I mean, that's probably the most fun time, three, four weeks of any sporting event and that's historically has been that way and I, so I think you'll still have value from that perspective right um, I hope so yeah yeah I, yeah that deal runs to like 2035 or something but right but you now. know Emmer yeah.
0: got killed for renewing that yeah. deal because he said they they people felt like he short changed it so much that he could have gotten a lot more money out of that deal
2: could have could have got a lot more you know but it's going to be interesting because I think contracts I mean Roman and I talked about this there You get two sides that want to renegotiate for benefits both parties, things can be torn up and redrawn. So uh, it'll be interesting to see going forward how long that one plays out or if they revisit it. But March Madness, I think people got to realize that tournament is a humongous moneymaker in the college sports space.
0: Oh, it's big time. No, you're right. It's big time. And that's why I don't think it's going in. And that's why I think you're right. I hope that it stays, you know, the way you just described it, that the SEC is looking at it saying, no, we just want to be the biggest, most powerful conference, but we want there to be a larger world of college athletics. So we're not looking to consume everybody. I still think that's good for, in which case, yes, the ACC is still positioned to profit off of basketball, especially maybe I doubt it, but you know, if the big 12 does end up disintegrating. Um, You know, Kansas needs a home, might not be the worst thing in the world. I see them more as a Big Ten school. But, you know, hey, if it's a basketball thing, maybe that works. What do you think about the Big 12 and uh, their cease and desist letter to the ESPN, or to ESPN trying to shut this down? I mean.
2: They're hurt right now. Bob (laughs)
0: Bolton.
2: Folks are emotional right now, Kyle. They're hurting right now. He's he's mad. He's upset. (laughs) (laughs) He's upset. they're, They're hurting right now, man. I think that's. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're hurting right now. You know? Oh, he's you, upset. Yeah, when you get your two, you know, biggest school. What
1: ESPN didn't have nothing to do with this. They just mad. They they throw, They spit and fired anybody right now, huh? Yeah, yeah. But absolutely. he, but Holtzman came out and tried to say like he had real evidence. He, he was like. Like, if you know, you know, type of deal. Well, right? look, look, let's put the cards on the table. That's your employer,
0: so I'm not going to put you in a spot to have to say anything. But let's just say people are asking questions, you know, yeah, yeah. and so that's all. And, of course, Bob Bowlesby the, the loudest dude asking the questions. Of course, actually, he says he, he's got proof. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that. What are you going to do, force him to play there for the next four years? That's, is that good for anybody? <laughs> it's not good for anybody. I don't I know that I mean, it's good for anybody. They want to leave. Like, yeah,
1: uh, yeah. They don't want to be there. Wait, when yeah. do you think they get out? Put I, I it down. I told you
0: last episode I think they're out
2: they're in yeah, the Kyle SEC. Kyle thinks next they're year. gonna play next I year.
0: I think they'll be in the SEC next season.
2: I, I, my my personal opinion, and I don't have any like inside knowledge, I I would it would really be hard for me to think they're not playing in the SEC within the next two years.
0: Right. It's hard I mean, to see yeah. that.
2: I, I just – what are you going to do? Just sit say, all right, we're going to let you ride out to like 2025 and then you're going to leave us up and dry? You know what I mean? Like, everybody's got to start thinking about it. Honestly, if you were stuff. out there and you yeah. were a player for TCU or Oklahoma
0: State or Baylor and you're playing one of those two teams and, you know, you had a chance to tee off on them, oh, you're too good for the Big 12, you're the reason the Big 12 – I mean, you're actually kind of putting those kids, you know, in, in a really, you know, tough
1: situation. Out well, there there, that's going to be so much added pressure on that team. Right. That, you know, because the whole – they're going to have a camera or a microphone in their face every week, right. and that is exactly what they're right. going to ask. Right, and you got probably take a cheap shot t- t- Every single week. Take some other teams, si- take yes, cheap shots, that's, man. It's going
0: to happen. So I think you actually, you know, for both sides, as pissed as Bob Bowlesby is, it's probably just best to let it happen. They I, don't want to be there. They're, I, they're going.
2: I'm with you, and I think not only let it, I mean, let it happen and figure out all the you know, financials and the contractual things and exit agreements and fees, and then you got to say, okay, how are we going to survive? Because yeah. now like, it's checkmate. So you know they're leaving. We can't really be crying over that now. You got to figure out, hey, how are we going to survive as a conference? Do we need to go add somebody? Do you know? Figure out whatever that is for your conference. got. That's where they need to really be thinking about the season assist letter. Eh, that's just emotional. <laughs> You're know, emotional right now. <laughs> so, so Tim,
1: so I want to kind of go another direction. I want to jump off into the the grassroots level mm-hmm. of 7 on 7 mm-hmm. and of course AAU basketball mm-hmm. the 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 kid Mikey Williams I just heard Tim is living in Sh- Lake Norman mm-hmm. North Charlotte and is not playing high school basketball he's only playing on his travel team mm-hmm. correct coached by his father and this kid is a raw NBA product, prospect he's a top player and was out in California, and now so you. And you're always saying that high school basketball does not count, count anymore. Like no,
2: no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it's it is be grassroots um, basketball, especially in the summer. Obviously, you know, Roman, when we grew up, we would go to team camp. You know yep. what I mean? We'd have a sports festival. I think Alabama, we had maybe two AAU teams. I think one was in Birmingham, one was in Montgomery, but it was very small. Um, and now you have the Nike underarm Adidas, you know, they got such a big presence in the basketball space in the summer for multiple reasons, because, you know, is money involved is their brand. It's a lot of things involved, right? So, but what has happened is you see a lot of the top players now, they're not playing high school tra- traditional basketball anymore. They're going to probably be on some kind of traveling team, um, that's got four or five or some kind of prep academy that's got four or five of the top 20 players in the country. Um, and, and they 're going to go that way. It is a different model um, now in high school basketball um, it It is definitely different than what it was twenty five thirty years ago. No question right now it's if you don't if you don 't have relationships with grassroots coaches as a college coach you can 't survive you can 't survive the whole high school basketball model. Well, dying. I mean,
0: we, we see guys hiring, you know, AAU coaches yep. as assistants, and we don't blink an eye anymore. We don't bat an eye. It used to be that was taboo. You know, you saw a college coach hire an AAU coach onto his staff with no prior experience. You're like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, yeah, that's just that's how, it, that's how it works now. You <laughs> yeah. have to have those relationships or you will not survive in big-time college basketball.
2: Can't 7-on-7 is a little bit different. Um, it's, it's getting, you know, in some of the, like, the, the South Florida areas and things like that. I've, you know, been at a lot of events, You know, it's getting a little bit murkier, too, Roman Mm -hmm. and and Kyle. But I'll say that you still got to play a a form of high school football. You got offensive linemen, defensive linemen. 7-on-7 skill position, you know. So, it's – the high school football coach still has power in that space. Yeah. Basketball, oh, yeah. It's gone. Gone. Been gone for a while, too. Oh, for a while. It's been gone gone for a while. And it's not coming back.
0: No, like some of the more rural areas, (laughs) yeah, yeah, you can still find it. You know, find some powerhouse programs, you know, winning – uh, Single-A championships, <laughs> double-A championships, but they often have, like, one dude who could play Division One. Like, uh, I've, I've seen some of that, too, man, just being around what high was school. The, what
1: was the one high school or the prep school that had, like, four guys drafted?
2: Brother? It was Montverde. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, down in Florida. Yeah, they had, like – I mean, you look at it, it was like they put the little lights on the, the guy. It was like four guys <laughs> that played on Net academy there in, like – First rounders or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, there's, you know, these, these <laughs> academies and stuff. So, speaking of that. So, you know, Roman and I have talked about this. My, uh, my wife is from Wolfboro, New Hampshire. I'm sorry. She's from Manchester, New Hampshire. <laughs> but her parents retired to Wolfeboro, New Hampshire, up on Lake Winnipesaukee. The notable thing about Wolfboro, and I didn't know this until I met my wife, is that it is home to Brewster Academy. Oh, You know Brewster Academy very well, I'm sure. Absolutely. Brewster Academy (laughs) has produced just Donovan Mitchell, T.J. Warren, Devontae Graham, uh, Kai Jones, who the Hornets just drafted 19th out of Brewster. So, I mean, they've won seven prep national championships in the last, I think, 15 years. And it is the tiniest little town in northern New England, rural Wolfboro, New Hampshire. And the guy, Jason Smith, who I had on the air Friday to talk Mm -hmm. about Kai Jones, has been there 22 years. He's like the director of basketball operations. They have five teams. They've got the, the A-team. They've got two varsity teams below that. and two Oh, JV, really? Oh yeah, this is what they do. Two JV teams. Oh, yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> and, it's what they, and it's a little lake town that's right there on the bay. So, when you – the campus is gorgeous. And you you walk out, it's right there overlooking the water. It's cold as hell. Like, I talked to Devontae Graham about this two years ago when I first met him, and he was like, yeah, it was cool up there, man, but it's way too damn cold. I had to get out of there. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's northern New England. It's really cold. But they are a basketball powerhouse in the middle of nowhere. And yep. every big-time Division One head coach that you know – Can tell you where everything is in tiny little Wolfboro, New
2: Hampshire, because they're always up there. And and it is—it's so interesting because these top-level basketball kids—they're—they're competitive too. So they want to play against the best. They want to play with the best, you know. And then you start thinking, like, well, if I get to go to a place like a you know a Brewster or a Montverde or whatever, and you're playing on this schedule that's you know a national schedule, whatever it may be, and you're playing against the top, like you want to know where you stand. And so you really can't. It, it, the flip side, you really can't blame the, the system yeah, for, for creating this competitive kind of win at all costs you know, mentality in, in sports now is where we're at. It's, it's really about wins and losses and about money. And, yeah. and, and we have to own that. We're probably, what, 20, 30 minutes into the podcast. We didn't talk anything about student athlete education, you know. Like, you know what I mean? not, not a thing. Yeah, it's it's not, not a thing. single thing. It's not a thing. Right, right, let's just call a spade. It's not a thing. Not. This is this is about entertainment. Yeah, that's you know? what it is. Yeah, <laughs> call it, it it all the way down to like youth sports. <laughs> that's what we see, man. It's things about entertainment.
1: And Kyle, Kyle, see, this is what, like, let's go, good, good, Tim, let's dive in, and we ain't talking about education either. Well, he's right,
0: and like, I was just thinking about this, (laughs) I was
1: talking about Wolfboro a second ago, the day before I flew out to, uh,
0: the day of flying out to the World Cup in 2014, I went to DeMatha Catholic Catholic High School, which you also know well, Mm -hmm. basketball powerhouse right there in Maryland buddy of mine, Mark Giannato, who uh, works for the Memphis uh, sports radio station and the newspaper out there, columnist, was working for the Washington Post. I had a, a long wait for my flight. I hit him up. I was like, yo, you want to get lunch? He goes, I'm actually at the Ty Lawson Victor Oladipo All-American camp here at DeMatha. You want to come watch some hoops? And I was like, well, yeah. So I went over there. Every, first thing I walk in when I see Phil Martelli standing right there. I get in. Every major coach in America standing standing right,
1: there. Phil Martelli, tell me that. First
0: time I saw Taco Fall in person was at that, that mm-hmm. camp that day. So I'm watching it. And that was, I think, a month or two after Curtis Malone, the uh, basically godfather of AAU basketball in D.C. from D.C. Unite, had gotten convicted <laughs> on drug charges yep. and trafficking charges and yep. got put away. Right? So everybody was talking about that then. right? But I saw some future ACC players that day, and there was a bunch of AAU coaches. I mean, it, But people don't understand, the culture's been that way for a while now. Mm-hmm. It's, been a, mm-hmm. it's been a thing for a
2: good long while, and mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah, so true. It's been, that, it's been that way. You're absolutely right. And then what has happened to – To kind of throw a little bit more gasoline on that kind of culture, is now you got Nike, Under Armour, and Adidas bringing in their money. Yep. Yep. Right? Into a system that was already doing it. So now you got some big, some big backers and big brands in there, too. Absolutely. It's heavy. It's got a lot. (laughs) lot Lots. Bags have gotten bigger, Kyle. There's more
0: bags out there. I mean, your boy Bryce Young at Alabama is getting a million dollars plus. Like these guys are they have money at their disposal, and everybody sees it. And I think, everybody sees
1: it. I think. Bryce Young's going to be a little bit special candidate when it comes to Alabama quarterbacks because I think, I think him being from Southern California plays a big part in the amount of money that he's getting. You think so? No doubt about it. Okay. Him being a quarterback from, matter, like, Latter-day, whatever that name of the high school is. hold. Modern day Yeah, Modern yeah. day they, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they – Another great high school. Another yeah, yeah, great yeah. high school. <laughs> yep. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think all of that kind of plays in his deal specifically. He's on the right, from the right place. He's in the right school at the right time. So, makes sense. You know what I mean? That makes sense. Um but no, but this still stay in that vein though. And and I think you know, what'd you say? Uh LSU, Miles
2: no. Brennan just got a F250 <laughs> for four. He's just about to do a commercial. Yes. Like it's they're, they're, exactly. so like the that's things fantastic. that, that, the that thing that's what that I'm every, saying out
1: everybody has that opportunity dog. Oh yeah.
2: I know. I <laughs> like know it's great. Even Ohio <laughs> University.
1: Like you got somebody that owns a dealership or can do something. Hey man, I'm trying to get this kid and we often, and I'm not even saying a high school kid as much as like sometimes somebody that's like on the second team at Alabama or Clemson, right? These two dominant programs. Somebody's not playing a lot, man. You come up here, dog, come play. Well, right. Like I'm looking at this like, too. You Look can do these things, right? Yeah.
0: So Duke just landed its second five star commit in the last two days, right? Mm-hmm. derek Whitehead. John Shire's got a second five-star commit. Is Duke paying that kid? Like, is somebody paying that kid to come to Duke? And I'm just asking the question, because I know you're not supposed to. But, like, is he's going to Duke, so, like, is there some money? And if it is, awesome. I'm just wondering, like, what happened there?
2: Yes. I'll say it. I would. Duke gets big talent. That's what they do. I I would say this. But now Duke can pay for big talent. I I, I, I won't. Well, how do you
1: think North Carolina feels? North Carolina feels like they're the biggest school with bigger bread.
2: So, if Duke is offering – North Carolina is definitely probably in the conversation. There's money in the system. Yeah, and what we're gonna see is it's interesting.
1: I want to know the numbers. I, I yeah. wonder if there are some of these deals gonna have to become public, like it is in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. All of your stuff's in public. I don't see, know
2: how our, our stuff's public. People gotta think too. Name and mislikeness and all this has already been going on underground. Yes, forever. Money off your name. No like, like, way. like. Think about this, right? Think about the movie Blue Chips, right? Back then, that's name, image, likeness, really and truly. You getting a tractor because you're good. We're gonna get, you, we're gonna give your dad a tractor because you're good. That's name, image, likeness, in a nutshell. Oh yeah, right. So, so now, like when Miles Brennan, you know, got a deal for a, you know, F two fifty probably dually truck and load it out. Good for you. Like now, we could just bring all this stuff that's been going on under the table, right? Just bring it above board. They gave
0: him a truck. Why does anybody care? Why does anybody care the man got a truck? Yeah. Good
1: for him. Yeah. And, I, and the thing is, though, he still, got, he still has to pay for the gas, though. That's the thing. Yeah. I know. I know. But I still got a few holdout but, people on my show that I see on the text line. This, They've
0: ruined college athletics. No. Why, why have they ruined it? No. Why? Yeah. Like, like, if you want to get mad about the conference, the conference realignment stuff, cool. That, get mad about yeah, that. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Be mad about totally that. Totally get that. Like, I mean, that, yeah, that can yeah. be frustrating. I understand that. But, like, this stuff, that dude getting a truck – or some free burritos or
2: you know the <laughs> extra 10 grand has no bearing on your life settle down over there and the thing is i can tell you from working you know at the mothership people were getting trucks and cars and stuff of course yeah so like that was happening you know it, it was already happening people were getting houses and getting rent paid and, and different things like that, man. So, yeah, like it was the attitude inside headquarters. And I, I'm not trying to ask you this penalty yeah. here, but like it, it almost had to be
0: kind of like there's just throwing your hands up like we, we can't enforce this. Like we can't we don't have enough people. We don't have a yeah. There's no will to do this. Right.
2: Yeah. I, I will say, you know, what was the most interesting thing? Um, my colleagues that were there in the, you know, in a lot of those groups. Unbelievable. I mean, they are unbelievable people with a lot of like sport experience. Some have been, you know, coaches. Some have been. Administrators, some, you know, you got a lot of people that know the industry well. The issue with it was the structure. So I'll give you an example. But one thing that we would see, you would see in the space, it wasn't that people didn't know. Like people know, people in college sport know what's going on, who's paying what. People know. Yeah. Like, and I'll say this on here too. There's people that will tell on people within their conference say, hey, man, I went to go recruit this kid and they told me, I don't have two hundred thousand dollars. I can't get in. Oh, I that, that yeah. kind of
0: snitching's been going on <laughs> yeah, for fifty yeah. years. Oh, they, they're snitching.
2: You know what I mean? Yeah, but absolutely. Like, but they're not going to go on record. Like, <laughs> like no, 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 no. They're no, no. <laughs> not. They're not going to go on record and like lose their job. But what happens in the space is this: you can't. It's, it's hard to enforce because when you do have the right kind of actionable items, the schools are going to hire lawyers and fight you back of course they are (laughs) (laughs) of course they are so they're gonna fight you back you know so it's like this is you don't really have power they don't have power to do oh did you see the the dollar figure that the
0: ncaa spent on uh legal fees you saw this so 68 million dollars on attorney's fees in the fiscal year 2019 to 20 i think Um, but I mean, you think about the fact that Mark Emmert's making like three million a year, right? Mm -hmm. There's only 10, 10 employees up there making a half million dollars a year or more. Mm -hmm. So like, I think the math was at worst case scenario, and we know this isn't true, even if they were all making the same money as Emmert, they still spent over double on legal fees to fight the end of amateurism than they did on the most highly paid employees. In all, in all reality, they probably spent five to seven times what they paid their most highly paid employees on legal fees. Like it's, i mean—that's how hard they were fighting to keep the status quo.
2: Yeah, and, and you know what's interesting in the model? I think um, to that add to that number, the last six years of tax—the last six years total—I think they've spent two hundred and fifty-two million total. So like quarter. Oh, was of, it? Two hundred fifty? Oh, whole yeah. So it was sixty-eight for that one wow. year, but two fifty-two total. So it's a quarter of a billion dollars. Wow, well, I all hadn't all seen that. On legal number. fees, and that's where the the forward thinking of the schools and the conferences and everybody was not there because. you're At some point, you have to sit back and say, "Hmm, these are people's names and their talents. Like that's called America. That when you're talented, you could make money off of your talent. Like that's just when you have a Supreme Court that goes nine nothing." And I gotta steal this from Tim. He said the other night,
1: you know, when. Uh, when Lil Bow Wow, nobody tells him that he can't sign a record deal at 13. <laughs> Bieber. Or, Bieber either. Yeah. All right? They don't with that. You can't get this money. You know what I mean? No, they're talented. They can get paid. Yeah. That's what he's saying. I was like, man, Tim, that was the best way to ever put that. Yes. You're right. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. guys
0: need to get paid. Now, I, I still think that I don't know. It's a different conversation. But, like, there's still power in these brands, and they know yep. that. Mm-hmm. There's yes. still a lot of power Especially in these brands. In, Especially in the for sports sure. world, yeah. You and know, that's why they're Zion to... Williamson
1: was worth more because he went to Duke.
0: Well, sure. But I, exactly. There's no question. That's a great example. He, he's he did, he's not the first overall pick in the draft if he doesn't go to Duke, right? And I think I don't we think so. can all generally agree on that. I mean, some would probably yeah. argue with you, but I don't think he's the top pick, top pick in the draft if he doesn't go to Duke. So there's still a lot of that, power. And he
1: experience. tore through his shoe. He looked so explosive. Right. I mean. You
0: know, and it's why maybe if there ever was an attempt to prof- like fully professionalize college football, it would be successful because these are brands that people care deeply about right if they still had affiliation with the universities you know Alabama fans will always love anything called Alabama football that they play in Tuscaloosa Alabama in Bryant Denny Stadium if it's there they're going to love it you know whether or not the players are getting paid they're going to love it they're going to show up and it's the same in a lot of places across the country it's why the at least in my opinion the AAF the XFL the USFL 3.6 whatever the hell it is like Those don't work, and they're really – I don't think ever going to work in football. Mm -hmm. I think the college brands are the only thing that would ever make that actually work in the sport of football, whereas the NBA's kind of got something going with the G League. I still don't think people are going to ever watch the G League as a popular product. I just cannot see it happening. But if you have an infrastructure to pay the best prep players – you know put them in your program well a lot of them are going to take that because they might not want
2: to go to college you know what i mean yep and, and the, g, the g league but the one thing that they've you know sharif Abdul rahim runs the g league he does a great job um with knowing who they are right in the nba like adam silver is very forward thinking and when you look at some of the international stuff they're doing the g league um they put a little bit more money in that and they realize that hey, look, we just want to be able to get a few kids and prep them for our teams, right? Yes, like, yes. I mean, that's it. So they're not yeah. trying to...
1: In like, the NCAA up- whole thing, it yeah. started getting uglier and uglier. The NBA players start speaking out. So the NBA had to get involved and start up in there. That's when they, they yep. changed the name, right? Not from the D-League, but the G-League. G-League. Mm-hmm. And then rebranded yep. it, give it a different look. And now mm-hmm. they've done these things the last couple of years. I think it, I think it does change the college space going forward. Because you're right, Kyle, if I'm good enough, I mean, if I wanna go play this league and I can still go to college and get an education later, sure. right, um, yeah. but why not give me this three or four years to see where I'm at, right? Really give it all and I'm gonna make a couple hundred thousand dollars in the next couple of years. And then if I don't like it, I can always
2: Go back to college. The G League, what they're doing, though, they're doing it, and they want these kids to go to the draft the next year. Well, I would throw this in here, too. I want to know what you you guys think about this. Yeah, they don't want to do. I
0: want to know what you guys think about this, and I'm I'm glad I remembered this because it's been a long day of traveling for me. But my brother brought this up earlier, and I wanted to ask you all about this. You saw what happened with the Mets and Kumar Rocker, right? Have you seen this? So, Kumar Rocker, Vanderbilt right-hander. I mean, stud. uh, They didn't sign him before the deadline and Mm. uh so he's going back to vanderbilt and he had an agreement in place uh to sign for six million dollars after he slipped to 10th earlier in the draft and then the deal fell apart after his physical mets had concerns over the health of his arm so scott boris said no my guy's healthy they went back and forth they didn't sign him by the deadline so you know you've got a a medical aspect in all of this Mm. too but you know, at the same time, he can go back to Vanderbilt for another year, and Kumar Rocker can, can still conceivably make a lot of money when he's at Vanderbilt next year, right? I mean, that's at least the way that probably can work for him—at yeah. least he, a few hundred thousand dollars, I would think.
2: or he could, he could, should. I mean, if he, I would hope so. Yeah, I would, I would hope so. I would too. hope so.
1: If Vanderbilt is allowed to, I would definitely hope so. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I would think that's that's got to be a real option for him. Yeah, yeah. And, but I would also have some concern if I'm him too that you know. Make sure I limited my, my pitching. Well, that's the too, other thing. Right. Right. It's like, you know, if I'm going to be throwing, I want to be throwing for some dollars a little bit too, because he has a professional build. He, everybody knows he has a skill set and the talent to be there. He should be at least pitching in a double A or something um, and well, not just right. wasting your pitches.
0: But I mean, again, Scott Boris is his agent. You know, Boris drives a hard bargain, man. Like, he's going to try to get his client what they think I, they're worth. I think worth,
1: it's and- so crazy to me. I was at SEC Media days, and I, and I got to get used to this. I heard a kid say his agent. Oh, you know?
2: yeah. <laughs> it's like, another thing. That- I
1: was like, I heard a kid say his agent, <laughs> and nobody more. gasped or it didn't take the breath. That used to be like danger zone, danger, stranger danger. Immediately, if the word agent came up in any interview or any type of college setting. And now that is no longer the norm. It, 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 how do you... When, how's that gonna, how is that going to – how do we normalize that, Tim? It's just what it is now.
2: Agents are going to be involved, marketing people, the, you know, and not all these people are good people. That's, I think that's – you know, if we said concerns, I think the concern is anybody can be a, you know, marketing person or say they're an advisor or a consultant or, you know, even runners for agents or even agents in the space. Um, there are a lot of good ones out there. Obviously, we know some Roman, and and, and I'm sure, Kyle, uh, Kyle, you do as well. Yeah, I do a few, but <laughs> there's also so much craziness in that space, and it's kind of unregulated. Oh yeah, and that's that's it, it, unregulated. Yeah. That's the word you
1: use. Yeah, unregulated. It's, I mean. it's people are are paying people and doing all kinds of yeah, underhanded yeah. stuff, and there's no real well. There's rules to the game. But people don't follow them. Well, I mean, so yeah, and like yeah. the,
0: I know the NFL has, you know, like a, a, you have to be certified in certain ways to represent yeah. guys and things like. But th- that that industry full of all kinds. Yeah, of but that's the figurehead. Well, I know, I know.
1: They, they're not the ones doing the running. Right. Those are called runners. So those are the really. ones that are doing the groundwork. Absolutely. That are the back channels, meeting in the the dark alleys. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the bags. A lot of money <laughs> at stake, man. So there's a lot of money at stake. <laughs> pulling out the truck. Oh my so god. So that is. You know, yeah, you that think, is and, out there. And, and I think it's going to be more opportunity for – now they get to try and talk to these kids at a younger age when at least they were a couple years in in football, uh, basketball. I mean, in basketball, it, it starts when they're teenagers because oh, yeah. it's but way before they even get to college. I, yeah. I, it's I, way before that. Yeah,
0: sure. we, I, we always do this. We get to the end and like we, we don't realize how much time we don't have left. So I want to squeeze a, a thought in with you on this because – I just saw this story, and I was reading it a minute ago. There is a report that the Buffalo Bills ownership wants a brand-new stadium fully funded by taxpayers. They don't want to chip in at all. <laughs> or or there's a rumor that they could move the Buffalo Bills to Austin, Texas. I mean, how greedy are you Would <laughs> you threaten the city of Buffalo to move that team – if the taxpayers won't come off of $1.5 billion to build you a new stadium. That's insane. That's like the most rabidly passionate. It's one of the five most rabidly passionate fan bases in the NFL. That's how heartless the NFL is. They would they would threaten to rip that team out of Buffalo. If they- the
1: NFL should really kind of stand up or the owners My need to say, God. like, that is not happening. My goodness. You guys can – they cannot allow that to That's happen. That's insane, man. Um, but, but, Kyle, come on, man. These owners, they all do it. They, well, the, the, the NFL has – but here's the thing.
0: Like, the San, city of San Francisco told all their pro sports teams, nah, go pay for your own. Like, all of them had to go pay for their own, their own stadiums. But they uh, do it, though. Well, some wherever they can get away with it. And, and if they can't bend the city's arm, they'll threaten to move somewhere else. That's how they do it. But, like, the Patriots, Bob Kraft paid for that stadium. Yep. Uh, Meadowlands, that's privately financed. Uh, Stan Kroenke's new deal in L.A., privately financed, right? Yeah. But you have these cities that'll be, they'll, they'll hold you hostage, man. Like Indianapolis, Jim Ursay squeezed, like, $1.5 or $2 billion <laughs> out of Indianapolis. Uh, Arthur Blank got whatever the hell he wanted from Atlanta, and I think a lot of people are regretting that in certain ways because there's been, like, $50 million in defaults on, on PSLs down there. There's a lot of stuff
2: going on in Atlanta. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey hey, this is a whole a other whole, podcast, whole other conversation, conversation. Hey hey, so Tim lives in Atlanta.
1: He lives in Atlanta. He's got he's all up in his feelings when it comes to talking oh, about yeah. Atlanta. He was talking about it. I'm like
2: Bowlesby like when it comes to Atlanta. I'm all in my emotions. Oh man. Year, so right. how is Atlanta these days, Tim? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's got some good and bad. Yeah. Right now. No, a lot of a lot of cities have <laughs> some good yeah, and I bad. I'll just Atlanta say it days. like this. He's like Roman. Living in Atlanta, I keep your
1: car all the way clean because I can't leave nothing in it. No nothing of value. Can be seen Did, in your car. Do you? Mm. Think and, it, said, and the worst part is if somebody steal or break into your car, they blame you. Like they blame why, you. Like
2: why'd you have your stuff? Why'd you have that in the car? Yeah. Why'd you? They, it, it's, just, it's victim blaming. <laughs> like and you just it makes you. It's it's all throughout the city. This they victim blame you, and you're like, wait a minute, but I didn't break in my own car. Right. Oh my god. This <laughs> is the craziest thing ever. Oh, like, I, I being here it. in Charlotte with Roman, like he gets out of his car and leaves his car on and stuff. I'm like, At Atlanta, your shit would be gone. <laughs> 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 Ha ha ha
0: ha. Uh, we probably shouldn't tell people this too, but no, like it's it's interesting to be like, that's wild, man. I haven't been back. To, I haven't been back since the Super Bowl in 2019. So yeah. it's. I been haven't been
1: in Atlanta either like that. But it's just funny. So cause... shit's accelerated apparently. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody that we he's been since he's been here that he's talked to and that he tells he's from Atlanta, they ask him these type questions. He's like, "See, Roman, I told you, it's not just me. It's not just coming from me. But you like, know what's... This is for real. out here. It's Have real. you been? When's the last time you were in St. Louis? When was the last time you were out there? Oh man." And it's been pre-COVID, so it's been a while for me too. I
0: went back, and I, I like St. Louis. I like, think it's a cool little city. It's got some soul. Like they got pretty good food and things like that. But those East St. Louis, you know, is is rough. But the whole city's kind of gotten that, you know, to that point. I think, or at least it did to a certain uh, point. Because my wife and I were out there for my brother-in-law's wedding, and we heard about it. But people are nice. We're walking around having a good time. We go to drive back to our Airbnb. Got some dude tailing me, and as I go to make a turn, he whips it around and tries to pin me in up against some cars parked on the side of the road and Mm. they look like they're starting to get out of the car. Well, I'm like, Oh my, you know, of course I'm in a random city. I don't know what the hell is going on. Dude takes a look at me realizes, I guess he doesn't know me. I'm the wrong guy. And I look down, he's got a wrench in his hand. And so they jump back in and take off, you know, but I was like, damn, man, like I've always liked St. Louis, but everybody was like, man, you know, St. Louis after dark can be a little touchy now. And the first night we're in there, look some dude's about to wrench me in the back of the head because he thinks I'm the wrong dude. It's uh you know, so, some of these cities have gotten rough, man. The last couple Life of years, happens,
1: man, and uh, mm. you got to be. But you know you what? Be careful.
0: That's it. You got uh, to be yeah, vigilant. I mean, I don't
1: even know. I'm, I can't sit up here and say anything. I, that's a crazy situation, Kyle. But no, I'm not, I'm, I don't want. I don't want Tim to go in on Atlanta. Too no, much. I don't need because I like Atlanta. Like I love. Oh, it's a great. I, I still
0: love great going to cities. Atlanta, man. It's. A I, great
1: I'm scene. just shocked that they said it was like you know they, it, there was a shooting or something. they were shot at a in Lenox Mall. Like Linux Mall has stuff popping off. I'm like, what? Linux, Linux Mall was, used to
2: be nice. Yeah, that was a place when we grew up. Like you would hear, like, oh, go to Linux. It was high end. You know, you hear that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Now you just,
0: damn. So have you? now, you. Do you think then is Atlanta a good? Is I still wonder if if people? I'll put it this way: Is Atlanta a good pro sports town? Because I I don't get the feeling that it always is. Some you, would argue with you. What do you think?
2: You, I would say, from my lens, I mean, you look at it, Atlanta United, right? The so, the soccer's that's un- impressive, unbelievable. That is really impressive. I mean, I how many people go to those games? I mean, it's crazy that this, the amount of soccer they fans put out have. more than any other anything in that place. Yeah. huh? yeah, it's crazy. So, I mean, you see it. Well, those games are packed, right? Um, the Braves were just breaking people's hearts for years, obviously. Um, but you know, people the still Braves love, have fans though. Yeah, they still love, they yeah. still love the Braves. Um, They've had three different – how many stadiums have they had? Right. But the Hawks and the Falcons, though, I will say I think it's like very fair weather. Fair weather. Yes, That's the word I would use. Extremely fair Very weather. Very fair. Compared to other cities right. around their pro teams. That's right. what I've seen.
0: And, and I'm, not, you know, I'm not trying yeah. to paint Charlotte as uh, yeah. you know, Green Bay. But like at the same time, it's like that is a thing. that you It's real. The Hawks and the Falcons have always kind of been that way. If you're good, they'll come hang out. Oh, yeah. They'll party. But oh, yeah. if you're not good, now I got stuff to do. What do you think about the Charlotte fans, Kyle? Uh, I think they can be a little fair weather. I yeah. think well, even they would have to admit that like the <laughs> Panthers fans you know ha- has been a wine and cheese crowd for a long time it's like any other the stadium Hornets. though you get up to that 500 level and people are passionate they're rabid they're you know cheering their hearts out and yeah, having yeah, a good yeah. time you know those people but the the folks who buy up the season tickets in the bowl down there they'll you know four, th- three four minutes into the first quarter they'll show up <laughs> and I'll tell you I'll
2: tell you too when I when I first got there and it and it, it, this is a feeling in Atlanta when it comes to pro sports like the game is not over until the end. Like, they feel like they're going to blow the game all the time. Like, the fans, rightfully so. Like, I mean, you blow, like, a 16-point lead to the Cowboys in, like, four minutes. You blow the Super Bowl. Like, you start seeing those things. And, like, the fans there are like, this game's not over. Even though they can be up in a, you know, a normal margin, you're like, oh, it should be. No, they're, they're on. They're nervous. No. Like they're very nervous that they'll find a way to lose. Because, because when, done, when was, yeah. the Hawks beat the Sixers, yeah.
0: the joke was Philly out Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, that's what they did. You yeah. know, and Atlanta had said I think it was that stretch a couple of years ago. I guess the Braves lost in the NLCS. Maybe I think Georgia lost a big game. Um, what else had happened? Uh, maybe that was a Hawks injury or something happened with the Falcons. But it was like the most Georgia sports four month period yes. or four week period of all time. I believe it. So like I, I've always still seen, though, Atlanta, to your point, as a a Braves college football town. That's kind of the way I've always seen Atlanta. And I know they'll care about the other stuff, mm-hmm. too. But it's like but the two things they care most about in that city have always been the Atlanta Braves and college football. I, I can do, see that.
2: You, you agree with that? Yeah, I, agree. Okay. I No, I've seen it, too. Living there, I agree with it wholeheartedly. Now, if the teams are good, they'll definitely rally behind them. But if they're bad, yeah, it's not as much rallying. Yeah, you, it's just not <laughs> no, not for their teams. Uh, but you do have a lot of other, you know, like it's a lot of Saints fans in Atlanta, right? I mean, you have some Panther fans in Atlanta, so you have a lot of other uh, teams, uh, fans that are based in Atlanta too. So you go, yeah, somewhere yeah. And you'll see that. What did you uh, think about them? I'm sorry, I th- I'm sorry, no, I apologize. I thought you. Were, I was going to ask
0: you before I forgot. What did you think, or what do you think about the whole Saints Michael Thomas thing right now? Because
1: that uh, the the hey look that's a whole mood i would love to talk about it. the one thing i would like to talk about the nfl it wouldn't be about michael thompson oh okay it would be about the, it would be about the the covid protocols are real oh in yeah. the nfl yeah and they're gonna make it yeah. uncomfortable on people until they feel everybody's comfortable and been vaccinated i'm just telling you because the nfl is like we not playing and we trying to we're focusing on our money this year <laughs> yep and we not playing oh yeah and then if you guys just get vaccinated they relax all the rules like all the rules are completely different versus like vaccinated versus unvaccinated when it comes like testing
0: i don't know though with this new cdc guidance and all these some of these other places like it's not going to happen across the country like the toothpaste out of the tube a lot of people got but, vaccinated got told they could drop their masks and they're not going back right. so you got a whole different split now in america yes and and, and, and louisiana
1: means, louisiana itself okay is a really really hot bed. Right. So you know it's just it's so weird how these things are going. I just think that's going to really be an interesting dynamic as the season continues to play on if somebody uh is either going to be in the 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 covid protocol where yep. you you just uh versus um, you're fine.
0: Well, I think you're right. I, I think that, but I'm not sure it's going to hold because it, for vaccinated people, the NFL is only testing you once every two weeks. Exactly. So how are you going to know what's going on? Right? Exactly. And so h- who knows the way that would have happened, but if the NFL is in tune with it, to whatever reason, or for, to whatever extent, I should say, with this new CDC guideline, with all the Delta stuff, um, could make for an interesting conversation when it's all said and done. Because these guys like Cole Beasley and, you know, some of the others, they're not going away. You dudes are going to keep incorrectly citing HIPAA laws when they get asked about yeah, it, yeah. you know, and everything else. But uh, I think it's going to get really kind of more contentious before anything else good happens.
2: I, I think NFL, but I think all sports. Yeah, I agree. College football is going to be the same way, right? I mean, you know, pretty much Sankey's can basically come out and say they're thinking about, you know, if you don't meet a certain – Percentage, we're not just going to be rescheduling games we are going to forfeit. I mean, they're people are trying to make sure they're playing their games and for money. I mean, it it makes sense, though. I mean, I get it completely. And I do think that it's going to be very interesting going forward in the next few months, depending on what happens around the country with Delta variant and all that. But, yeah, I think there's going to be some very uncomfortable. Uh, moments if you're a coach and you're oh, not yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: it's not even a question with the coaches you can't even be around the players like it's yeah. it's like it's certain rules and regulations versus like you know um with coaches being vaccinated and not being able to be and mm-hmm. not being vaccinated cuz their access to the players depends upon Certain things like that as well. Well, it's like
0: Washington State's head coach, Nick Rolovich. You saw that story, right? Yeah. He was, uh, I didn't he tell me. Did not go to
1: Pac-12 media
0: days. He doesn't want. He will not get vaccinated, and mm-hmm. uh, said, "I'll abide by the rules, but I'm not going to media days." And uh, I think he's kind of doubled down on it since. I've seen nothing. To the contrary, but uh, no, he, he's not getting vaccinated, and so uh, he's going to adhere to all policies that are implemented
1: for the unvaccinated, and he's just going to roll. I, I can't wait till somebody's going to get cut, and then they're going to say it's because I wasn't vaccinated. Well, that's going to happen. It's going to happen. that's going to happen.
0: Brandon Bean said as much like four months ago. Like, yeah. Brandon Bean was like, oh, yeah, no, I would totally cut a guy who wouldn't get vaccinated <laughs> if I had to. And I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. well, then that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> Yeah. It's going if to be bye bye. If, if you're it, the it,
2: reason that an outbreak happens, yep, yep, you're gone. You're absolutely and, gone. And you might not even be <laughs> With the cause if they can do it. Yeah. But Kyle, you you're might
1: not even be the whole reason yeah. where it came from. But if you right. test it, because you have to get tested every single day. Absolutely. And if you test it, and then even if you got it, it's going to make everybody else have to get tested possibly around you. So, like, and there, then you're going to get blamed and you're going to be like, Okay, we, we told you, yep. like, not only do are you going to have to get fined, I think it's like 14K, all right? Not only are you getting fined, but – They're not playing around. You're mm-hmm. going to cause us to mess up this game. You have to, like – Well, and the whole Ron gonna...
0: Rivera thing, too. I mean,
1: that's the other mm-hmm. – Well, Ron's I, – I think – I haven't, I haven't seen all his interviews, but I, I've been hearing he's he's talking – he's kind of speaking about Well, he's immunodeficient. And yeah. so,
0: like, he's got – his team has the lowest vaccination rate in the NFL, mm-hmm. at least as of last check. And he's like, I'm coming in here every day. I just beat cancer. I'm in remission. I'm immunocompromised. And it's frustrating that, you know, but you can't force guys to do it. No, you can't. You can't force people to take it. You no, know, you but you, you're coming to work every day, I think, knowing, and I, that's tough for me. How are you going to work every day knowing that, especially if you weren't careful, that you could be the reason that Ron Rivera gets really, really sick or even dies? Like, that's. I understand his frustration on that front, but you know what? There are a lot of people say, "Well, maybe Ron shouldn't be there." (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people, their
1: immediate reaction is, "Well, maybe Ron needs to stay home. Maybe somebody else needs to coach the team." Yeah, yeah. look, it's always—I think think it's always an arguing point, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd make the same one that I uh, from South Carolina's governor this morning on Sunday uh, on Sunday uh, Fox News this morning, and with Chris Matthews but Chris Matthews wasn't on but anyways he said well they're they're not going to make any mass mandates it doesn't matter what it is and I respect that right or whatever and but that their numbers their covid numbers are lower than they were at this point last year when they were going what through What state it. was this? South Carolina. Carolina. Oh, have you seen Florida's numbers?
2: Spiking through the roof. <laughs> Well, the, atrocious I, <laughs> just, a, just atrocious it's bad it's scary, it's right bad. Now? Yeah, it's it's scary really, in Florida yeah, yeah I mean it's not good it's not good <laughs> yeah. I mean I told you last time like when,
0: when you're uh, the governor of your hometown your home state Kay Ives, is like just absolutely putting people on blast it's like well, I don't even know what's going on anymore <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know what's going on anymore but uh, this was fun fellas Hey, oh, man, yeah. appreciate it. Hey, Tim, thank you, you man. This. Thanks for coming oh, no. on, man. Oh, appreciate thanks for having me. No, I've, been,
1: I've enjoyed it. I, I want you to go into yeah. some details about again. who is really dropping bags. Like, what oh, was, the big, what, what oh. was the biggest number you had? Just tell me a number, the biggest number that you had heard. Well, and no
2: name, just yeah, – No name. One uh, of the bigger numbers I had heard – What conference? You can tell um, me a conference. Well, it's, it was more of a high school. If 400,000 was one – well, we'll take it back. Half a million for uh, multiple players. Put okay. it that way. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. I'll leave, I'll leave it there. Dropping stories and bags. Next time he's in, hey, it was good to see you, man. I appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, no, appreciate yeah, we you, got bro. Tim
0: Lewis joining us appreciate on episode it, thirty-seven. Man. We got a roll. We'll do this again here pretty soon. Roman Harper, good to see you, buddy. I appreciate it, Kyle. All right, for these two fellas, I'm Kyle Bailey. Work hard. Be nice to each other.